people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, special interview edition. This is your podcast producer, Rick Brett Snyder. Recently, Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Planet, and I had a chance to sit down with Frank Bedor. Frank is the author and creator of all things Looking Glass Wars, the reimagined Alice in Wonderland story responsible for a trilogy of great novels and several graphic novels as well. Well, if you know about it already, you're pretty excited. And if you haven't heard of this before, keep listening, because you will be. So, this is Derek and Rick. Uh, with This is our, our first attempt at this uh, call-in uh, using the Skype system. We did once, way, way back in the past. It did not sound very good. But this did. Oh, this does. And so we are honored to have tonight with us Frank Better of... Automatic pictures and uh, a, a creator that I've long admired and whose work—I think both of us actually—because oh, yeah. Rick was trying to get me to read uh, these books while I was reading them, and he didn't realize I was reading them. <laughs> going, wow! We're both telling each other, "You've got to read this guy." Uh, <laughs> well, I ran into Frank at WorldCon before the books were published. Oh, there you go. That's right. So you've known him for, for known of him for a while. So uh, of the Looking Glass Wars, which is uh, so three three volumes, uh, novel wise, the Looking Glass Wars, Seeing Red, and Arch Enemy, uh, or Arch Nemesis. Is it Arch? Arch Enemy. No, Arch Enemy. You're right. Arch, Arch Enemy. Enemy. And then uh, why you are here tonight with us, and Gracious, is because, uh, which we, I think we even gave away a copy of the first volume of Hatter M way back when, when Far From Wonder was released. While you are telling this, told the story in novel form of what was really going on in sort of a sci-fi version of Wonderland, you had also managed to carve out this 15-year period where the Mad Hatter was trapped on our Earth and are telling that story separately in graphic novel form. The first volume was released initially through Image Comics, Far From Wonder. The second volume, Mad With Wonder, from uh, your own imprint. And the third, The Nature of Wonder. And you're here tonight because you have the fourth complete. And I apologize, your office sent me uh, a copy the last night. The Zen of Wonder. The Zen, the Zen of, Wonder, of Wonder. And I didn't get a chance to read it today, but uh, I was I'm so, like so excited. I've got this review copy I get to read I, you know, because I love, 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 love the whole concept. And um, so let's fill it in. What's going on? Uh, kind of an overview of the Zen of Wonder, and then we'll talk about why you're taking the approach you are uh, to get it published this time around. Well, listen, first of all, I have to catch my breath because I've been just taking in your um, your excellent commentary on all of my books, and it's been a number of years since um, since my last publication, and I haven't done a lot of press, and uh, that was... <laughs> It, it reminded me of how much work that I've produced, and so it was uh, it was <laughs> yeah, well done. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm feeling kind of proud of myself right now. <laughs> so thank you, thank you very much. So well, um, when I left uh, the children's book of Princess Alice out as well, 
which have given to my daughter. And so, you know, you've been on, uh, you've been on my mind because my daughter is 13 and I just think primed to read the looking glass wars. And so she's just starting to get into that. And, you know, because your work has been very popular. I'm a uh, high school teacher, been really popular among my students. So it's always oh. every year I find somebody reading your books and going, yes, I've met him, you know. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about the Zen uh, and let's achieve a moment of Zen and now talk about it. Go ahead. Yes. Well, um, you know, it's uh, it's been an interesting um, journey because it's an inner path for Hatter Madigan, who has been searching for um Alice for um, for these thirteen years, and um, you know, in terms of finding an arc for the character, two things have happened in the Zen of Wonder. One, he has to go on an inner path, and he finds um, he finds a friend who is his teacher. And like the saying says, you know, when a student is ready, a teacher appears. And sure enough, this girl um, shows up. Um, they meet each other in San Francisco. And then there's a clue to a very famous to, to a sword that's going to become famous in the story, and, and that leads him to his brother. And in essence, um, he is learning his inner path through this relationship with this this teacher, this younger girl, six, this 13 year old girl, and um, and then he he finds his long lost brother. And now this is new storytelling for me that's not in the novel, and it's a big character that uh, we've discovered and developed through the graphic novel. And it's um, not to give too much away, but it, um, it is a Cain and Abel story, and it plays out in The Zen of Wonder, but then it really plays out in the fifth book, the brother relationship in The Love of Wonder. And um, I've, um, you know, I've been very excited about sharing the uh, Zen, and there's a number of things that we did to try and ex- to express Zen in little ways. For instance, on the cover of this book, you'll see that there's no credits to myself or my co-writer or, or the artist. It just says the Zen of Wonder, and um, and there's no ads at all. No ads for any of my books. No ads for anything other than you know the story unfolding. And, um, you know, we tried to tap into our own, you know, Zen experience to communicate this story. Okay, it sounds very interesting. And this time around, now, um, you had self-published. Uh, I think the first volume, is it, oh, it still is under Automatic Press. Like that originally was released through Image, but I don't think they did the first collection. Uh, it was, um, but you had self-published, and now this time around, which is still self-publishing, admittedly, you are going through Kickstarter. So... Uh, what happened to push you in that direction? Well, you know, the world is changing, and it's so interesting what um, what Kickstarter offers. I'm I really didn't pursue it um, during the course of the writing and working with the artist, and you know, I was publishing it and paying for it uh, on my own. But it was taking you know quite a long time, and I just thought, you know, this is a great platform. This is an opportunity to feel more empowered and to reach out to my readers. And it basically came up to the point where, wow, I am all ready to go. And I've been just sitting on this for a number of months waiting for a movie to happen or something that would trigger some financial, you know, resources that would allow me to pay for the printing and then sit on the investment for the four or five months until people started buying it. 
And, um, and that's a difficult thing to do um, all of the time. Now, I had been able to do it in the past, um, but like a lot of people, you know, the financial dynamic in my life changed and it was a little bit more difficult. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to tell people, hey, I'm right there. All you have to do is help me, you know, just get to the point where I can publish it or to print it. And within a matter of weeks, you, you will have a copy of it. As soon as I print it, it takes six weeks, you know, a couple weeks after that, you'll have it before it's in bookstores. So, so I decided to, um, to launch launched the Kickstarter campaign and uh, it's a, you know, it, it is exactly what I said earlier. It's a, it feels empowering to the possibility to just tap my readers and have them become part of the process. And um, I hope it works and I hope to do a lot more of it because, you know, it's a, it's a great facilitator. Mm-hmm. And, and you do, you are one of those creators that maybe not everybody knows who you are, uh, we aim to. We keep trying to change that, uh, but um, yeah, thank you. But you do have a, a, a really, you know, a, a very dedicated fan base, um, and you obviously have a lot of stories to tell. Because one of the things that I love, you mentioned like developing uh, this brother character for for the Zen of Wonder. Um, what I've loved about uh, in this series of novels and graphic novels dedicated to the fomenting of imagination that and creativity that I always feel like there's at least two throwaway bits, not even bits, but throwaway subplots, things that Hatter Madigan crosses with that is like, I would like a continuing series of that. Um, you know, <laughs> Me you, had, too. you had those paranormal <laughs> investigators in the civil war, yeah. um, uh, which I think is in volume three. And I, I just, you know, I was like, well, that's a great concept. I would totally buy that series. And it's, and, and they're different tones too. And that's what I think is fascinating uh, about it is, is like at the same time as you're telling one through story, you're almost creating an anthology of concepts. Uh, here on earth and so i mean it is it's just it's packed with creativity and and and, and 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 that's what and that's what i get excited about because what you just talked about i love those two characters and i love the whole idea and i thought well maybe one day i could do that well then i started imagining well what if the kickstarter allowed that to happen what if people communicated if i could build up my readers to a big enough place that if somebody suggests that i could take that on maybe that's something i can do i don't maybe i write it maybe i have somebody else write it we bring in another artist I've been doing more of that, inviting people to come in to my sandbox, and I have a number of new scripts and a number of ideas, a number of things I've been working on because I get excited like you do about a couple characters that you know maybe might be in one issue but won't continue on. I'm like, all right, wait a second. I, I keep coming back to these people, so what can I do? And, and, and so you know, that's the fun of being a creator and then having this kind of co-publishing with, um, with readers, maybe I could do things just like you mentioned. Okay. And now Zen of Wonder is continuing. The first volume was with Ben Templesmith, who at the time had just broken through uh, with 30 Days of Night. Um, you know, and he's kind of an out-there artist. And I say that with all love because I do love his style. Um, but it's not – it wasn't very mainstream. And then you found Sammy Hakonen, uh, Makonen for the uh, – for volumes two and three. Are, is Sammy continuing with four and five? He- yeah, so Sammy. Um, you know, look, I was I was very lucky um, to get um, Ben. 
uh, because he was a big deal with 30 Days of Night, and I was starting out, and I had my my first novel. I hadn't even published my novel in the States yet. I was only published in the UK, and when I was on a book tour, um, one of the 12-year-old kids that I met said, you should write the story. I want to know what happened to Hatter during those 13 years. You left it out, and I'm really upset about it. And I'm like, okay. And I thought about it on the way home. I thought, you know what? He would make a great um, graphic novel. And so, you know, the first person I called was was Ben, because I just liked I liked his style, and I just thought it was interesting and might suit um, tonally and atmospherically what I was thinking about for Hatter. And so I started with him. But, you know, he's really busy. He does a lot of different mm-hmm. different um, books. And Sammy is in the same family, but different. And there's a kind of comedic tone to his work that um, I really could work with. And he became, you know, dedicated to working on my on my books. And so he is going to follow me, um, you know, until the fifth one is finished. And I'm even considering one day, if it all went well, I would probably rewrite and redraw the first one, you know, in the back of my mind somewhere. I would love all of them to be done by Sammy, um, just so there was a real consistency. Um, but, you know, I'm really happy to have him and to be working with him and he's really sort of maturing and, um, and, uh, you know, learning as we've been going along. Certainly he understands where I'm coming from. So there's a shorthand now, uh, now that we've finished four books together. Mm-hmm. Three books together. Three books together. So. Three books, and uh, you mentioned that you know, like going back and, and revising the first one to to match uh, Sammy's sensibility, and yet you have discovered new things about Hatter Madigan's life and personality through these miniseries. Do you have this in graphic novels? Do you have this urge to go back and revise your novels now that you've discovered new things about Hatter Madigan? Well, there's a few um, a few things uh, I was working on the um, I was actually working on the musical. And, uh, you know, the music <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> yeah, so I was, I've been in New York a lot and, you know, they've been drilling me, these composer lyricists and all these questions that I, I thought I'd be able to answer. And it's, it's pretty challenging, um, to think about the, that, you know, writing the book for that. Um, and one of the scenes that I realized that was not in my novel, <clears throat> that would be crucial. And, uh, for any movie or any musical is the moment that Hatter finds out that um, Alice is in the palace, you know, he gets in my novel, he gets shot and then he doesn't confront her and he goes back to tell everybody she's about to be married. Well, after searching for 13 years, don't you think the best scene would be for him to confront her and her to reject him and him to say, there's no chance I'm leaving. And then she turns the tables and says to him, if I'm your queen, you have to listen to what I say, right? He goes, yes. He goes, I command you to leave. And he has no choice but to leave. But at least there's a scene between them, and there's a dynamic, and there's a tension. Why I didn't put that in my novel, I have no idea. I was just <laughs> lazy, did, couldn't figure it out, couldn't didn't think it through. And distance gives it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yes, does stuff like that come up? It, it, it does, but... Um, I, I do. I do. The only other thing I was considering is writing a novel from Alice and Hatter's point of view, the last 24 hours before they meet, and then cut back and forth between them, and then do some flashbacks 
to um, to illuminate some of the some of the scenes that might not have been in my novel. And you know, I was thinking about if the Kickstarter campaign did really well. Um, you know, it's one of the what do they call it when you um, one of the levels that you unlock that I might um, offer that, and uh-huh. then I would I could get it out of my system, <laughs> and I could write that scene <laughs> and put it in the book. You know, yes. um, Those are called stretch so. goals. Stretch, stretch goal. Thank you very much. A stretch goal. Thank you. Well, while we talk about uh, the Kickstarter aspect, of this is not just an opportunity to get the new book, but you can actually pick up the older ones and other related items. As rewards or as... No, as yes, yes. Because yes. I admit I haven't yet pledged. I'm planning to. I'm just trying to budget how much I can <laughs> So. You know what? That was um, that went into the planning because I thought, you know, this is a platform, and uh, there'll be a lot of new people who might um, just be coming to this fresh from the homepage of Kickstarter. And sure enough, um, most of the pledges have been for all four graphic novels and hardback. Or if people don't want to spend, you know, ninety-five dollars, they're buying the three. You know, British editions of the you know of the of the novel. Mm-hmm. Either they have the other ones, or because they're rare, um, you know, or they're just you know buying one book and um, and trying it. And there's a lot of art. You know, I have some of Ben Temple Smith's original hand ink drawn and inked um, pages, and so I've sold a few of those. And I've had manuscripts from Seeing Red that are rare that we were using for Valentine's Day, and those are. Um, you know, a lot of you know over the years, I've collected a lot of material, so I, I tried to put it to um, I tried to put it to good use, and um, even my uh, you know even my background on the formerly on the U.S. ski team, I uh, made a joke trying to get. I have one friend who's been asking me to go skiing, so I said for seventy five hundred dollars, buddy, I am ready to go skiing with you. You can ski with the world champion. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's right. Let's bring that up because you know you mentioned like film deals and uh, you know I think the last time you and I spoke, and this is probably honestly like I think we did an interview with you in print six or seven years ago. <laughs> And uh, you were at the time uh, writing Monopoly, I think. Oh at, wow! At one point, yeah, uh, as a film film pitch, and then I had gone into your biography, and there's you know the question that I'm dying to ask you: Is there anything you haven't actually done in your life? Because you're you're former U.S. Olympian, uh, you were a stuntman, you've been an actor. I mean, you've just been just about everything. So, uh, <laughs> what's left for you? Um, well, like I said, I I'm trying to do a musical, so um, you know I have no skill set, and I'm not musically inclined at all. But I do know my my Alice, and uh, she's well suited for the stage. If I can find the composer and lyricist to help guide me, so um, that I have not uh, I have not done. And um, you know, and by the way, my my, my acting resume is very thin and uh, embarrassing. And but you dabbled. Wife, That's what we say. You, you I, know. I did. I dabbled. I <laughs> and I don't mind any of it. It all helped. Um, you know, in, in a way, my acting, I learned the most about writing because I, I worked with Stella Adler and she was a stickler for, you know, um, reading all the playwrights and their and their biographies and really trying to understand where they were coming from and then writing scenes that would set up your entrance on the stage. And I found that really interesting and rewarding, that writing part of it. So, you know, 
through oh, that, yeah, which exercise. didn't go anywhere. What's that? That's a great exercise. Yeah, it was a great exercise, and it really sort of set me on the path of, um, you know, writing these books, even though it was a number of years after that. So you just don't know, you know, you open a door and, you know, it closes what, what's going to open up next. So um, <laughs> Yeah. Politics or, or, or is your fiction just not outrageous enough? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy in my, in my world, so uh, I just, I just want to keep doing it. And, uh, and I'm happy to have a new book and um, hope to, you know, get onto Love of Wonder. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like you said earlier about, you know, I have a, I have a fan base from my prose books, which are mostly middle school and high school kids because I spent a number of years visiting a lot of schools, seeing 15,000, 10 to 15,000 kids a year. And so there's an audience. And then I have this Comic-Con adult audience for my graphic novels mm-hmm. um, that's smaller but the ones that, like you said, are really dedicated and are big fans. And I, I'm just trying to find, you know, a way of broadening the the reach of the books because, you know, I feel like they, um, you know, put a lot of energy and I, I feel like they're good. And, you know, when people read them, they, um, they're quite taken with them. So it's just been, you know, when you're self-publishing or you're publishing through your own imprint and, you know, I'm, you know, it's uh, it's the you know, it takes a while to get through to the comic book stores. I have a few people that are big fans and really help, and so I just need a few more. Um, like you guys, you know, it's just great to be coming back and um, putting it out there. So it's so, uh, yeah. it's it's great to have you back, and thank you so much for taking the time this evening to talk with us. And uh, we will do what we can to <laughs> help bring wonder back to comic book stores. All right, so I play. Oh, I'm pledging now. All right. Uh, even as we speak. No. Uh, so, uh, Frank, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, oh, thank you. And good luck. We're looking forward to, to the next two books. So, Will either of you two be up in, um, at Seattle at Emerald City or at WonderCon? Well, no, we won't be at, at uh, Emerald City. I'm still torn about WonderCon. Definitely be down at Comic-Con. Right. Okay. So, oh, Rick might go to Emerald City. So if he does, he'll stop by. So, okay, well, I will, I will be there. That's my first stop on the tour this year. So uh, okay. I look forward to seeing you. If you come by, please stop by, Rick. It would right. be great to see you guys. Hey, thank you guys so much. It was, uh, it was great to be back and to reconnect. And, um, and again, uh, I really appreciate your kind words about my, uh, my novels and uh, my graphic novels. You are welcome. We mean every one of them. So, okay. all right. Thank you, Frank. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Good night, guys. Bye. Well, we hope you enjoyed that, and we want to remind you to keep listening. It's just a couple more weeks before our Gala 300th episode. So until then, this is Rick Brett Snyder for Derek McCaw, reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.